0: Alrighty then, everybody, welcome to Restore to Life Church. Say, welcome if you're watching on live stream. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, as I continue my sermon series on salvation, and today we'll be talking about why do we even need to be saved? But before we get in there, a few announcements. Don't forget giving. Three ways that you can give down in the description below. So, you may be watching my live stream so you're not really technically a part of this church. But you know what? These services bless you. Would you consider giving, if it and, and bless us, we'd love to. So three ways you can give down in the description. All right, uh, don't forget the Veterans Group, the Veterans Life Group. Um, I've had the pleasure and honor of meeting veterans around, uh, some veterans in Corpus Christi area, uh, people who know veterans, so that's awesome. So hopefully uh, we'll get uh, people showing up. Uh, but we need your help for that. Hey, you say, well, I'm not even in the area. Uh, well, I'm in uh, another country, perhaps. I don't know. Well, you know what? That's okay. Why don't you share? All right. Why don't you post about it on your social media platforms? We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, I had somebody uh, I was talking to, uh, asking me if I was going to start a Facebook group for this, and uh, frankly, I'm unsure because pretty much I'm the one that does everything on social media, so I'm the one-man show. So, Twitter. Um, so my 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 stuff on Twitter. Uh, the podcast, Restoring Your Voice on Instagram, uh, my page on Facebook, and this Church's page on Facebook. So if I do do a Veterans Life group, I would need some help with that. So if, hey, you want to connect with other veterans, want to connect with this life group, but you don't live here, and you say, hey, why don't you start a Facebook group? You know what? Offer your help. I need some help with that. So if, if you, if you want to make that happen, we'd appreciate your help. I need people to, to run it. So I'd love for you to participate in that. All right, one body. Um, also uh, the week leading up to resurre- resurrection Sunday, or as some call it Easter, but resurrection Sunday is the way I like to call it. The 10th to the 16th. All right, you're gonna you're not gonna want to miss these services. I'm doing a week long every night church services, and we're gonna we're gonna press into God for breakthrough. All right, so whatever breakthrough you need in your life, right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go through the Psalms. Not all of them, obviously, can't go through all of them. But you, why why the Psalms? You may ask. Well, have you ever read what the psalmists have written? You know, when they were desperate and they cried out to God, and they said, "God, I cried out to you in my distress," right? And they say you answered me, right? That means they pressed in for breakthrough. Something happened. There were enemies that were pressing from from all sides or, or hunted down like David was or a great loss, whatever it may be, I believe that that the hearts of the psalmist, whether it's David or another one, and they, and they refuse to give up. They, they let God know, God, where are you? I, f- I feel so alone, and, and this is what's happening. But they pressed in, and, and except for maybe uh, one time, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but guess what happened? God answered them. God rescued them. You know, if you need breakthrough in your life or something, you know, whether a loss happened, you're trying to find a job, I, I don't know. Um, you got people against you. Who knows what's happening? Well, join us uh, the week leading up to Resurrection Sunday. So, the 10th through the 16th is when we're going to start these uh, uh, every night for one week. Pressing for breakthrough. Let's press into God. All right. May require something of us. Right, may require us to repent, give up some old habits, you know, let some bad ways in us die. You know, maybe we need to be sanctified, but still, regardless, believe that God is going to answer us for breakthrough. Whatever, maybe you need breakthrough for your city, maybe you need breakthrough for your church, breakthrough for your ministry, something. Join us. Um, and also, hey, Resurrection Sunday, obviously, we're going to do a service. All right, we're going to do a service. And uh, that'll be when I wrap up my sermon series on why we need to be saved. Because Jesus was resurrected, right? He was resurrected from the dead. But why? Is it just so we can celebrate and be happy and have a party? Or why? What was the purpose of the resurrection of Jesus? Well, you're going to have to watch. Um, uh, Hey, come in person. Hey, maybe, I don't know, you don't live here. Guess what? Share it. Share it on your social media, all right? Share it. You never know. Uh, okay, so with that, like I said, we're gonna I'm gonna get my notes straight here. I wanna. Oh, I know why. Anyway, so the uh, why we need to be saved. Why we need to be saved. You ain't brother. Well, come on now. Why are you preaching on such a a dumb topic? Everybody knows why they need to be saved, right? Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. That's why I need to be saved, right? Or, or or God, God says, I'm so awesome, but you know what? He He wants me and he needs me. God is, needs me. He can't do it without me. Wow, that's, that makes me feel so good about myself. Well, that is a gospel, but it's not. The gospel—it's the American gospel message, or or maybe we're so awesome and just God needs to make us more awesome, right? Maybe maybe, maybe God is the icing on our proverbial cake because we're so sweet, right? We're awesome. Or maybe we're carrot cake, my preferred cake, right? God is that cream cheese frosting that they put on the carrot cake. They just—that's what it is, right? Or or whatever, or that's what God is. Maybe we're not really awesome, but God wants to make us awesome. That's all purpose, why we need to be saved. All these variations of a wrong gospel message. All these variations of an unbiblical gospel message that you have heard. Many of you might be watching right now and saying, brother, I don't know what you're talking about. That is the gospel, right? Maybe a small part of it small slice of that proverbial cake. Hopefully I'm not making people hungry watching saying this, but why? Well, before we get into the beginning, I want to read you a quote by Dr. Brown. That's going to be up on your screen from a book, revival or we die. A great awakening is our only hope. So giving him, I bought the book, by the way, 99 cents. I think yesterday might have been the last day, but either way. So, let me, let me read this quote to you. I know it's up on this screen. It says, the biblical gospel, notice it says biblical, proclaims that human beings are terribly sinful and that God's grace is truly amazing. Right? All true, the biblical gospel. The American gospel proclaims that lost sinners are truly amazing and that any talk of God's judgment is just really terrible. How many of you have probably heard that before? I know I have. I see, I see it, unfortunately, on the rise. As for God's grace, it's like icing on the cake for the sinner. And be assured that the sinner's cake is already quite beautiful and wonderful. God just wants to add some special ingredients to, to make it taste even better. You're an amazing person, and God is so into you. He has some really neat things to tell you about your future, right? The American gospel. Not the biblical gospel. In fact, it's in contrast And we're going to get into that today, but we need to know this. All right, we need to know the real purpose of why we need to be saved, why we need a Savior, why Christ was sent into the world, why did He hang and suffer on the cross for us in the first place? Which eventually, of course, set up, which we will celebrate in a couple weeks. Why did all that happen? Why? 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 Why did God come down in heaven? or or from heaven, God on the throne, very creator of the universe, and you and me. But he came down and lived as one of us. Still God, yes, still human, but as one of us nonetheless. Lived as we did, born as we were born. Why did he do all that? Was it because it's Jesus, friend of sinners? Well, no, that's not true, because, oh, wait a minute. Bible says actually we're enemies of God. Wait, are we friends or are we enemies? Bible says radical stuff like that. We need to get into that today. We need to get an accurate presentation of what the Bible actually says. Because if we get that wrong, we'll get everything else wrong. If we get that wrong, we will never truly live for Christ. If we get that wrong, we will never produce works and fruits worthy of the kingdom, worthy of God. We'll produce things that look like fruits, like those gummy fruits you can buy maybe, you know, sweet but of zero substance. They don't actually do anything for you. They don't actually feed and nourish. We won't do that. We'll, we'll live selfish lives, right? Because because here in America, we often get the idea, you know what, and often preach, I can have my sin and I can have Jesus too. Because Jesus loves me. This I so know. For the Bible tells me, so. this Jesus loves us. Absolutely. But you know what else the Bible has to say about that? You know, you know what the Bible says about God's views toward the wicked? Insert sinners there. And he's angry all with the wicked all day long. Angry at those who reject him. Angry at those who live and perpetuate in sin. That is God's view of sinners and wickedness. He's angry. Can he love us? And be angry at the same time. But, brother, which God are you talking about? I Maybe mean, we talk about this God, the moral monster, who, who sent his son down, and, and, and he scourged him, and he killed his own son, right? God. Is that, is, that, is that what happened? No. I'm a dad, right? God is a father. Yet I can be angry with my kids, and I still love them. I can get angry at the disobedience, right, when they do wrong. Sin, in other words, wickedness, in other words, but I still love them. but we don't hear that here in America. We don't We don't hear an accurate presentation of the gospel anymore. Instead so we, we just hear this watered-down version where, where God becomes now our giant vending machine. That's why I need salvation. So now I, now guys are going to become my, my giant vending machine, right? Whatever I ask him for, he's going to give me if I just have enough faith to believe. We don't care about his will, though. Ah, right, what does he want for my life? We don't care about that. We're just gonna cast off to the side because God's my giant vending machine. He's just meant to bless me, make me rich, and and all of that great stuff. Hey, what about? I thought the Bible actually said something about we're supposed to deny ourselves, take up our crosses, and follow Jesus daily. That that we must be prepared. I not want to spiritually die, but we must be prepared at any moment to physically. Die for Jesus. To be martyred if, if it comes to that. But we don't like that here in America anymore, right? Mm-mm-mm. It's all about, man, can I get the best car now? You know? Maybe as a pastor, I, I shouldn't be wearing this. I need, I need, I need Gucci and, and all of that stuff, right? Maybe if we ever get enough money to, become a, to, to file, to become a nonprofit, profit because it takes like $800, right? Then I can use those funds. Right? And I can get something Louis Vuitton to wear for the ministry purposes. I'm not joking. This is this is stuff I've actually heard a preacher or minister say in America. He he was he was getting grilled by the courts and he said you know for using um the the nonprofit funds, right, which is supposed to go toward ministry, and he's actually said that he wore Louis Vuitton and Gucci and stuff because it was for the ministry, right? The American gospel, in full effect, and it's worst. And we should be embarrassed about that, right? We we should feel ashamed at that because we let it happen. Well, brother, I'm not a leader in the Body of Christ. It doesn't matter. You follow those type of people, you pay into that. Those people wouldn't do that or be able to do that if they didn't have followers who wanted a different gospel and a different God. You know, you know, you know, you know what we like to call that heresy. The definition of heresy. We have so much heresy being perpetuated, right? We have here in America, we have a god presented that's never even in the Bible. I mean, if 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 Paul were around today, he would probably write to us, "Oh, you foolish Americans, who has bewitched you?" Let's let's come before the Lord. Lord, we come before you today and we humble ourselves. We realize, Lord, we have gotten it wrong. We are so far off track. Lord, speak to us today. Your written word is wonderful. Your written word you gave to us to know who you are, to know your heart so that we can live for you, so that we can truly cry out to you in our wretchedness and say, God, save me. God, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help us to do that today, Lord. As many may struggle hearing this message, Lord, use me, though, Lord, as your mouthpiece to speak the truth, to bring people into the sheepfold. For, for we, are, we are a dying American church, and we need life. We need revival. We need reformation again. Come, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Send your Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So I kind of did it. Really big preface there. But but why though? All right, the question on everybody's lips this morning probably is or whenever you're watching this or listening to this, why is this even important to know? Why why do we need to know any of this? Because I'll tell you now, my first point is it's that here in America especially, we often conflate or conflate is the idea of combining two ideas together. Right. We 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 conflate doing works, right? Those will say, if 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 I'm a pastor, oh I look at the size of my church, or look at my fancy title, the honorific I put in front of my name. I'm a apostle, so and so, or whoever. Or or prophesying. Don't you know how many prophetic words I, I did? Don't you know I've healed people? We we say that you know what? I'm saved by that. Yet, what does the Bible actually have to say about it? it should be up on your screen. Here's what Jesus actually says about that. I believe this is going to happen one day, someday, if we don't get it right. This is going to happen today with a lot of big-name, big-time ministries because all they do is think, look at what I've done. Or, in another part of the Bible outward appearance, right? The, the cup looks great, but the inside of the cup is dirty. They're whitewashed tombs. This is what Jesus says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonderful works in your name. But then I will declare to them, I love you, because you did and made lots of money. I love you because you had another bunch of followers. No, it doesn't say that. He says, I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice evil, or you workers of iniquity, depending on what your translation's your preferable translation says. The point being is that only those who do the will of his father. You know what the will of his father is? You want to know what that is? Jesus said it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except By me. That is the will of the Father. We come through Jesus. We come to Jesus. We make him Lord and then Savior. We bow the knee. We confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Died on a cross. Rose on the third day. And ascended to the Father in heaven. You may recognize that as, as one of the creeds that I that I just kind of quoted from. That we say basically Jesus Christ is Lord. You know the Bible says that one day that will happen. Doesn't mean everybody's gonna get into heaven, but it's gonna happen one way someday, whether you want to or not. It says that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, not Savior. Lord Because unless we first make him Lord, he ain't savior, right? Because we want what we want in America, especially. We want a shallow or even worse, a counterfeit salvation. Or in other words, a salvation that requires nothing of us. But brother, I repeated those words the preacher man said. Didn't that make me saved? No. God forbid. I can I can recite words um, maybe, maybe I can recite all the time great power comes great responsibility right doesn't mean I'm gonna climb a wall doesn't mean I'm gonna spin a web right I can't spin a web and climb it all And spider pastor can do it all, all of a sudden just because we say something doesn't actually mean it's true In other words, you know, the Greek word repent means the Greek definition means a a change of mind, a change of mind about our state of sin that we need a savior. You can look that up for yourself. So it says in the scripture should be coming up on your screen in Romans 14, 9. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again so that he, Jesus, might be Lord of both the living dead and the living. No, this it doesn't say savior. Yes, he can be your Lord, and you can make that happen today. And he can be your savior, absolutely. But but here in America we say we say it's um savior and lord. Or savior and maybe Lord, when it should be the exact opposite, right? Jesus needs to be Lord first in our lives, secondly Savior. But until we say Jesus, I obey. Jesus, forgive me. I will obey you from now on. Until we say that, until we make that decision, that only we can make. That no external words are going to do. It comes it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of was really being aware of our total depravity, a total, complete, and need and dependence for a Lord and a Savior, making the way where before there was no way. We need to, to, to realize that. And until we do, saying all the words, heck, we, we could go to revival meetings, we could go see the evangelists we we can answer every single call for salvation but until we make a decision that Jesus Christ is in charge and what he says goes and that there's a price to pay for our disobedience they're all meaningless just a bunch of hot air just something to make us feel comfortable in the meantime just so we can go back and live in our sin and come back and say the words And then go back, and I said, "That's not the way things work, right? That that's not the way it works at all, because we need to realize if we're going to realize why we need to be saved, we also need to realize that the effects of sin that they have real, lasting effects on all humanity." So the next scripture is, "Therefore." And sin came into the world through one man. So we say, let's stop there. we like to stop there. Why? It's just it's just why do I pay for the sins of Adam? I don't get it. God, God, that more that monster up there is making me pay for what somebody else did. I don't get it. Well, here's what the rest of Romans 5:12 says. Right through the world, uh, into the world through one man and death through sin. So death has spread to all men because all have Sin. So are we really paying the price for one man? No. We're paying the price because all have sin. We all sin. Every stinking person. I mean, and John writes in, in his first epistle, right? He tells us that if anyone says they don't have sin, they are a liar. That probably offends lots of people. Who are you to call me a liar? I don't know. I didn't say it, the Bible said it. So you walking around all puffed up thinking no need a savior you're, you're a liar. Sin what is that? I don't have no need for that. I will cause you a liar when we deny our need to repent when we deny that we have sinned and we will not get into the kingdom unless we repent and turn to God and turn to Jesus as a Lord and savior if we don't if we don't want to admit that and by the way, everybody knows that by the way. They just don't like it because the Bible makes it clear um, and make, you know, Paul goes on this thing in Romans one, how, how, the, how, how people suppress the truth, the wicked suppress the truth and, and how creation itself speaks of the creator. So all people do when they say, I don't need that. I don't think any of that. In fact, my life, and I've seen I just, I just saw something like this today, in fact. How sad is it that so many actually people believe, quote-unquote, deconverting, now their life is way better off. Guaranteed it's not. 100,000% guaranteed it's not better off. People believe this. Why? Because they love their sin. They, they, they suppress the truth. They they want to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. They don't don't like that, that, wait a minute, wait, this whole living for God requires something on me? Wait, it makes me, wait, that means I have to die daily to live for God? I have to completely put my life in his hands and depend on him? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think it means to take up your cross and follow Jesus? What do you think that means? That means you have a part to play. I have a part to play. Every person has a part to play. We don't don't get the option of sitting on our duffs. We don't get the option of having Jesus in sin too. Will we sin? Yes, but the Bible doesn't make it normative. John, John writes in his epistle again. In first John, he says, I write to this so that you will not sin. Oh, brother, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're either a sinner or you're saved by grace, but it ain't it ain't both. And the third point, because I've already hit all this up. So if you if you missed my sermon series on, on sin, you need to go watch it. Because that lays that laid the foundation for this sermon series. So if you missed it, you're not going to have a correct foundation laid because we need to realize what sin is first to, to know about salvation. So that's my second point. Third point is what is God's view on the state of sin? Because I know I did hit this up, but I need to hit it up again. I need to drive what does God have to say? We don't like what God has to say. We like whatever we like. Whatever interpretation fits our narrative on the Bible. <clears throat> so let's bring up the next set of scriptures. What is God's view? Well, Romans three twenty three says that for all have sinned and fall and come short of the glory of God. Again, all means all, every stinking person, every single every single person ever born. And again, Romans three eleven through twelve. There is none righteous. No, not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. Oh, boy, that's going to go into my next point. About can we choose God? Do we have the power in ourselves to do any of that? Absolutely not. There is no one who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become worthless. There is no one who does good. No, not one. God's view on sinners. What is our state? We are wretched. Right? We are vile. We are despicable in our state as sinners. Brother, you're just talking, you're so full of pride. You're so critical. Oh, don't you think that applied to me when I was a sinner? absolutely. 100,000 percent. I'm just speaking the Bible truth. You go look it up for yourself. Go ahead, go fact check me. Well, maybe it's a translation you're using, brother. You ain't using that King James Version 1611. Well, if I did that, then my preferred pronouns would be V and thou. Stole that joke from somebody, but it's still funny. That's what God's view is basically summed up is we love wickedness in our state as sinners. We, we love it. We love to sin. Oh yeah, man. I can shack up with my boyfriend girlfriend. Ooh, it makes you feel so good. Man, I can, I, I can, I can go and get drunk. Man, cause I love it. I love going out to those parties. I love hanging out with people that that, that drop F-bombs and use, and other things and dirty, dirty language and jokes. Ooh, because it makes me feel so good. Why? Because you're a sinner. If you're, if you're watching this today and it makes you feel good, it's because you are a sinner. Can I tell you what? You come to Jesus Christ and that becomes despicable to you. You don't want to do that stuff again. I'm going to talk about the minor stuff. I'm talking about the major stuff listed. Oh, did you, oh, Oh, man. Well, I don't have to tell the truth. I had a lot to get my way. If I did something wrong to me, that's I lie about it. Oh, liars will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You know that. Adulters, fornicators, liars. Did you know that? That That's not a major sin. Yeah? Well, you tell God that. You, You can argue with him. I won't. Adulters. Yeah, you know what adultery is? Looking at porn on that screen. Young man or older man or even woman nowadays. Because like Jesus said so, He says, even if you look at somebody with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery in your heart. You know who else doesn't? It? Cowards. Cowards don't inherit the kingdom. But I, I don't. I don't read that now. Let's go to Revelation. What do the cowards end up? Outside. Outside of the kingdom. That's where cowards have their place. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not a coward. Don't you know I've done this and I've done that? I don't care about your qualifications, what you listed, what you've done. I care about what God has to say about what a coward is. You know what a coward is? Afraid to live for the kingdom. You know what a coward is? Afraid to make a decision for Christ because it's going to offend somebody. Afraid to make a decision to live for Jesus because they're going to lose friends. They, you might even lose family. Gosh, I, I wish there was somewhere. Written that somebody had warned me about any of that. Oh, I know where I could find that right here Jesus said I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring the sword And he talks about even families being separated mother against father brother against sister crazy, right? father against son all that Oh, it is written in there Wait, 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 man, if I do that, my life isn't gonna be easy. I'm gonna lose this circle. I might lose my job man, Sure, I wish somebody had warned me about that. Oh, Jesus did. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. Amazing how the Bible tells us all that we need to know. It doesn't tell us about everything, but it tells us. It gives us who God is, what his heart is, how he wants us to live, what the definition, why we even need salvation in the first place. Next set of scriptures. Next next sub-point in point three. That in our state of sin, you know, this is what we deserve right here. So it may, may shock somebody. John 3.36. We love John 3.16, right? Everybody can quote that by heart. Right? For God so loved the world, that he sent his only begotten son, and whosoever should believe will not perish, but receive have everlasting life. We love that one, and it's absolutely 100% true. But then we forget that John three. know How many of you heard this one? He who believes in the son has eternal life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. I thought Jesus took the wrath on the cross only for those who make a decision for him. Or or Romans one eighteen, the wrath, again, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and, and unrighteousness of men. Go ahead, repeat that word. Repeat this with me. Say, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth through unrighteousness. Wait a minute. Brother, it's actually what you said earlier. They suppress the truth? Yeah. How do they do that? By living in sin. How do they do that? By choosing to be sinners. Rejecting Jesus. The wrath of God. Brother, I believe in Jesus. Oh, that's fine. You know who else believes in Jesus? Demons. Bible says it. even the demons believe and they tremble. How many of you are, how many of you actually watching believe but you don't even have the guts to tremble before a holy living God? Hey yes, what That's the nature of God. Yes, holy, without blemish. He expects that of us. I can't live a perfect life. That's why Jesus did it for you. So that the, the blood, the precious blood of Jesus will do it for you. That's God's standard. We can't meet that standard. We can't meet that. And until we come to Jesus, the wrath of God is our only portion. Yeah, does that? what does that mean? What would that look like? You mean, I'm a, I'm actually, hell's a real place? Yeah. Oh, yeah, a real place. Now, we, we can debate the, the the little things, but regardless, it's a real place that sinners end up, that the wicked end up, period, the end. We can, we can debate the finer points of it. Well, is it, is it eternal, like a literal torment? Is it is it the torment of being separated from God for eternity? We we can debate those two minor points. But regardless, if you're a sinner, that's where you'll end up. That that's right. Also, when it says believe he who does not believe the Son. So every word that Jesus tells us, every moral command he gives us, all the way as he showed us what it's like to live life sold out. God, guess what? Ha- guess what? We don't believe that son. We're not believing the Jesus. I, well, I, what? Well, me? I mean, I mean, I have to believe in a different Jesus that that doesn't that that who didn't come to make me comfortable and make me feel better about myself and make me cool and love and wanted and all that. Yeah, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. You got to believe on the Son today. Fourth point. Do we actually have any good in us? Can we choose by ourselves? Now I did a whole show about this topic on restoring uh, restoring your voice. Did a whole show on total depravity. Now you say, well, that that's a Calvinist doctrine. Well, I assure, I assure you, I'm not Calvinist. Let me just let me just, do, let me just assure everybody out there, I am not a Calvinist. I love my Calvinist brothers and sisters, but I am not one. But I do hold to this very biblical tenet, and we're so totally depraved and wicked that we are unable to even make a choice for God. By ourselves, I've already I've already laid the groundwork. I already told you earlier uh, already that we don't even have any good in us to do that. So so then, how can I come? Well, I guarantee you, if you're watching this today, you're not watching this by mistake. But we come in the next set of scriptures is that we can only come to God when the Father draws us for one. So when the father draws if the father is drawing you today, don't you don't you reject it? The father's reaching out to you. But it says here in scripture in John 6 44, it says, No one say it with me, no one can come to me, Jesus speaking, unless the Father who has sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on that last on the last day. I didn't say it. The Jesus that we here in America often don't like to preach and teach and believe. Said this, the Jesus of the Bible, and also another point: only God can reveal the truth to us. God and God alone, nobody else. I can preach all day long, but it's only God that will reveal the actual truth to it. And until God does that, they're just words. Why? Because the Bible says in First Corinthians two fourteen, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. Like God didn't come to make me more awesome. I thought I was a pretty good person. That's not what the Bible says. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, only God, the Holy Spirit, can reveal God's truth to you, can enlighten it, because they are spiritually discerned. Only Spiritually discerned. So maybe, may, maybe, 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 let me highlight this. Maybe you, you've read this book, right? Now, I've, I've seen this claim. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying people are lying or not, but, you know, I've studied this. I've read this book. And they still reject it. Why do you think they reject it? Because the Spirit of God did not reveal the truth to them. Or maybe the Spirit of God did and they rejected the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit ain't, you know, and so they don't want you. So the Holy Spirit's like, okay, I'm out here. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm wasting my time with you. Because I tell you what, brothers and sisters, I have read this book. All right. Let me tell you what. There has never been a time that I read this and I was like, man, I don't know about this, God. I got to walk away. I, I don't think it's true. There are things in there I've wrestled with. There are things in there I still wrestle with and and, and don't fully understand. And I'm cool with that. But I tell you what, none of that has weakened my faith. The only thing it's done is strengthen my faith. It's fed me. That's the only thing I get from reading this Bible, amen? Why? Because the Spirit reveals the truth to me. And when the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of God to you, there is no other way. It is literally impossible unless you are a fool and you reject God, right, the Bible says that the fool says in his heart that there is no God. That is that is the creme de la creme of fools. There is no God. Because no, otherwise you read this you, you you come away God is God is God and God is on the throne. There's a God in control. There's a God who requires something there's a God that loves me so much more Than I can possibly ever comprehend this side of heaven. The only God. So, in summary today, God should be up on your screen. This is the summary. Without God, we are righteous sinners, enemies of God. I've read all these scriptures to you. Too weak to stop sinning. We can't do it. I've been there and done that, folks. I tried all I could to stop doing all these evil things. I couldn't do it. I couldn't put a stop to it. Not without Jesus. I kept on, I kept on going on. You know, you often hear people say things, and I don't doubt them. Okay, I'm not, I'm not questioning anybody's integrity. I, you know, they'll say, I, I really want to stop, but I can't. I keep going back and keep going back because you can't do it on your own. That's how I know, by the way, people who are trapped and addicted to to things like pornography are not saved. You can't possibly be saved and be addicted to filth. They're polar opposites, light and dark. Because when the Spirit of God enters your life through salvation in Jesus Christ right because the Bible says that that he will give us his Holy Spirit and he will the Holy Spirit will lead us in all truth we can't we can't possibly be stuck in, in control by sin anymore the Bible makes it clear we are either slaves to sin or bondservants are slaves to Christ one will controls but the, it's not it's not both we don't get that option now I know I highlighted pornography just because I, I I find that an absolutely despicable sin, that that affects more than just the watcher. It affects those women, and that you see on that screen that you think are so awesome, that you don't know maybe trapped in uh, uh, human trafficking, addicted to drugs or whatever. So that's I find that boy. I really want to go off on this thing, but I'm gonna tell you, I just so many reasons why I find that, that sin so despicable. Yet, yet, what? Yet, while we realize this, we must realize that God, in His infinite love, truly made a way for us. He did. Romans five six through eight. While we were yet weak, again highlighting just hopeless how hopeless we are without Jesus. Hardly wretched and scum, right? Like a. I'm. Gonna, I'm going to go here. Star Wars, right? Old uh, Obi Wan, right? Talking about Mos Eisley. I've never seen a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. That's what God. That's what God does when He looks at us, when we're sinners. He looks at the earth, looks around. I've never seen a more wretched place of scum and villainy. But praise God, He didn't stop there. Like, we should be thanking God every day that he made that promise never to flood the earth again. Because God may, may have that, that view, but he still loves us. Hey, He can love me, my wretchedness, and my filth, absolutely. That's why he sent his only begotten son to die for you. He says, rarely, check it out, if you don't believe me, it's what the Bible says. Rarely a righteous man will, 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 will rarely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. So he's making the point, driving that point home that, man, for good people, okay, they'll die all right. Right? And that person is worthy to die for. i die for my wife. I would die for my children. How many of you would be willing to die for that bum on the street? Or, or that person who just stole money from your account? Or tried to fleece you in some way? Yet, the Bible says here, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He made a way out while we were in our most wretched state ever. And it doesn't matter, sin, when, because all sin separates us from God. Yes, I know that there are sins that that are our major sins. And, and that's why I love uh, the Catholic Church on this point. Because, because they realize that there are sins that is serious than others they may they may get other stuff wrong they may not get this one completely right but i love how they make that point how they, they they call them mortal sins right not that just driving on the point that there are sins that are grievous and greater than other sins but all sin is mortal sin because all sin will separate you from god all sin will, will send you to hell without jesus christ you may be watching online. I, I extend the invitation today to come to Jesus. But I'm not extending a lighthearted, a lighthearted invitation either. Don't, don't bother coming unless you're willing to bow the knee. Unless you're willing to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, then all you're going to do is, is waste your own time. That's all you're going to do salvation is a serious thing. It is a joyful thing, absolutely. But we are required to lay it all down for God. We we must confess our need for Him. Will you do that today? Will you do that today? I'm extending the invitation. Don't put it off. Oh, brother, I'll think about it. And while you're thinking about it, who knows what happens. Maybe you're thinking about while you're driving the car. Boom, Young driver comes out and hits you. Who knows what happens? It's a crazy world, man. Ain't getting any better. You don't know. Don't, don't say that. Only God knows what your tomorrow holds. The Bible says that about God. Only he knows. Don't reject him. You may be watching now. You may have rejected him prior to this. You you may have made it well well I think about it you go back into your sin you hear a message the Father draws you in the Holy Spirit starts revealing the truth to you but you keep rejecting you know what you know what's going to end up happening to you I'm going to give you this word of warning the Bible says that your conscience will be seared you know what that means when your conscience is seared that means sin no longer bothers you that means you cannot be convicted anymore of your sin. Perhaps, perhaps, i not saying it's true, that is the sin that John is talking about in his epistles, right? The sin that leads to death. Perhaps. Nobody knows for sure. I'm not claiming, but I believe I can make a strong case for a seared conscience being why. Because no longer, if you can't be convicted of sin, why would you repent? Don't do that. Don't put off today. Don't put off until tomorrow what must happen today. I know there's quotes like that. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. No, let me tell you. Do not put off until tomorrow what you must do today to receive everlasting life. You must do this today. Absolutely. Let me pray for you. you. You say whatever words you need to say to God right now. When I when I came to salvation, it was me sitting in, sitting in the red chair in the tiny apartment, I simply said, "Lord, I'm done with the world. I'm turning my, my, my I'm, I'm tuning out the world completely. I'm going to listen to you. It's all I need you from now on. And let me tell you what, just as the Bible says, Jesus never has not left me or forsaken me since that day. I'm just, you could hey, pray your own way. I, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to share this. I don't think I've ever, I don't really ever said this, but I depend on God so much so every day. I've been to Iraq, all right, August 2008, my third time to, the, to Iraq, uh, I was wounded by an ID blast, roadside bomb, all right, without going into great detail, basically I live with the result of a brain injury every day, I have a hard time remembering stuff. I get stuck trying to speak sometimes. Lots of things like that. Which, brother, you upper appreciate not I don't see that because of my dependence on God. Because I I may not do it perfectly, and I don't depend on God perfectly, and I want to depend on Him all the more. But that's how much I have to depend on God every single day of my life. To get on here and preach that's the power of God. That, that's what that's what happens when you depend on God. He didn't make my life I don't have like a million, you know, dollars and two cars and, and we only got one car. One one car with a whole bunch of people in the family, so But you know what? God gives me the grace to work for his kingdom every single day. That's what dependence on God gets you. Your life may not be easier man, he will give you the ability to do things for him that you could never have done in your own strength. I'm not perfect. And I'm being perfected. Will you make that choice to be perfected today? Lord, I pray for every single person listening within the sound of my voice today in the name of Jesus. Father, draw people to you, Lord. The word says that nobody can come unless you first draw them to you. I pray that you would draw them to you in the name of Jesus today. And I pray that the fire of God will fall upon all listening to repent of sin, to repent of wickedness. Even if, even if Jesus, you truly are the Lord and Savior. For those of you, those out there listening, where where they realize maybe maybe this is the first time they've actually realized I've been playing church, I've been playing Christian, but I am not a Christian. And I'm truly in the need, Jesus, to make you my Lord today for the first time time. If that's you, Lord, draw them as your repentance falls on them today. As your Holy Spirit conviction falls today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for drawing these people. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to draw these people to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for doing your great work, Holy Spirit, in, in the hearts and minds today. Maybe there are people listening out there who really need to repent of sin. They, they've strayed they may maybe they fell, and they're feeling so guilty today, yet Lord, you are so good in your infinite grace and wisdom and mercy towards us, Lord said so though the righteous may fall they, they they rise back up, they get back up, Lord, I don't remember exactly what your word says today about it, but it says something about seven times, though the righteous may fall seven times they get back up, Lord. Father, reach out your hand to the people feeling trapped in shame and guilt and condemnation, knowing that one sin does not define their lifestyle today. By the assumption of the Holy Spirit of the Lord, I want to tell you that today, that the one sin does not define your entire life. Get back up today. Reach out to the hand of the Father as he lifts you back up. You don't have to get back up in your own strength in your mind. Whatever it is you went wrong, you drew away from God. You didn't spend time in prayer. You didn't spend time in the Word. You didn't fellowship with other believers. You didn't have a local body church. Regardless, repent today. Holy Spirit will show you where, where you did go wrong so you can get right with God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey, if, if this is your first time truly coming to Jesus, let me know. Email me. I have a free resource to send you about this. All right. It's, it's a scripture card. All right. That, that it's, it helps you now what the Bible actually says about you. Being a new creation. All right. You let me know. Email me. All right. My email address is all over the social, all over. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Go, in, go into the about section. It's David. McGuire at restoredtolife.org. All right. Hey, hey, may, maybe you you did do a pretty grievous sin. I don't know, maybe you looked at pornography. Pretty grievous. And today you realize where you went wrong. Or maybe you don't quite realize it yet. Maybe there's some more stuff you have to examine. But, but when you find out, if you find out or when you find out, please, I'm urging you, don't sit there and do nothing about it. Because the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to fall again. And again, and eventually, you're not going to come back. You're going to walk away and forfeit your salvation. Don't do that. Find out where you went wrong. If it's part of a local church body, get yourself and plugged in and find a local church. Let me just also say there's no such thing as a perfect church or a perfect pastor or perfect preaching. All right? That ain't me either. But find yourself some local believers to hang out with, to do life together with maybe it's Bible reading time well prayer time well I urge you I urge you to make room for God every morning first thing in the day you don't have to, but I'm telling you it'll change your life and it'll set the tone for your day you you can make room in time somewhere by the way I'm just just urging you do something take maybe you have to get away from people from maybe you have to cut people out of your life and get away from them I don't know whatever it is. Do something about it. Take action. God wants you to. All right. So that'll wrap up uh today's sermon. Don't forget, real quick, man. Just a quick reminder: three ways you can give down in. So, hey, if this message bless you, you want to be a blessing to us and help us can help us uh continue, or even better, to do this even better. Like I really need a pulpit here. <laughs> it's really. And those things are not cheap, let me tell you what. But hey, anyway, I'm being lighthearted, just saying, not saying anybody has to give, or God, ah, you're robbing from God, or any of that. Just say, hey, you want to be a bit generous towards us? Hey, we're not going to hate on it. <laughs> All right? I, I'm, not, I'm joking. I just, about this, I'm not going to benefit. Anyway, don't forget, uh, the week leading up to Resurrection Sunday, I think, I think that's called the Passion Week, is that right? Passion Week, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not big on all these terminologies, so I'm not just me. I'm saying they're wrong, but we're gonna we're gonna press into God all week long. Okay, every night we're gonna have a church, so we're gonna have church Sunday morning, and then Monday night we're gonna have church. I don't know. I may do it Sunday night yet. I haven't decided yet. too. but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna open up the Psalms. All right, we're gonna read what the Psalmist says. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna preach just from my heart. i Am not gonna use a whole lot of notes? Then we're just gonna press into God together. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. All right, we're gonna cry out to God. All right, we're we're gonna worship God together. I don't have any worship music to use. I don't have the money to pay for that stuff, licensing, all that, but we don't need worship music to, to cry out to God. We don't need that. We just need to cry out to worship him in spirit and truth, amen. So don't forget that. The 10th through the 16th, and of course, resurrection Sunday service. April 17th, of course. Same bat time, same bat channel. All right, with that, be blessed. Love you all.